let us look to God in prayer. Oh God, who rules and super rules, the one that has brought us this far in life's journey. God, we come now saying thank you for the many blessings in which you have showered upon us as your sinful but yet saved people. God, how you continue to make a way out of no way. You turn our midnights into day. You loose the shackles and you set us free. That's what we can tell the world you've done for each of us. God, we say thank you. That through your Holy Spirit that you liberate us from the shame and the guilt of our past. And you allow us to walk in the newness of life because we've been covered in the blood of the sacrificial lamb, your son Jesus Christ. We say thank you, God. That it is the blood of Jesus that gives us the strength, not our own power, but gives us the strength to rejoice even in affliction. That gives us the strength to endure hardship like a good soldier. And God, we say thank you. That is through the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ because he came, he conquered death, hell, death, and the grave. That we have victory this day. And God, we ask now that as we continue to live out the balance of our days, do us like the writer of Psalm 90 prayed. Lord, teach us thy ways that we can apply our hearts to wisdom. God, give us your wisdom, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, so that we will know what to do in every decision of living. And God, we ask now for forgiveness for those times in which we did not follow your wisdom completely. We say thank you, God, that we have the promise that after this life, there is a life beyond the river. So God, until that day comes, keep us faithful that we can be your witnesses in the world. It's in the name of Jesus we do pray, and we all say it, amen. To the Spirit of God, the Father, God, the Son, it's good to greet each of you again with the greeting of good morning. Amen. We are grateful for this day. We are grateful for what the Lord has allowed to transpire in our lives up until this point. Be in prayer for our young people in Muskogee County as they uh, get ready to go back to school tomorrow. Amen. And that day they say, oh, Lord, someone say uh, that they will be able to finish out this year strong, be in prayer uh, for our seniors that are graduating, amen. The, the, the dynamic duo, I don't see the third musketeer, but the dynamic duo, y'all stand on up, amen. <laughs> CJ and DJ. Amen, and Brother George, they will all be graduating, uh, DJ and CJ. Uh, you know, due to unforeseen circumstances, did not have the pleasure of graduating from the George Washington Carver High School. Amen. Amen. They will graduate from Hardaway. Uh, George from, uh, amen. It's, it's, all right, all right. Uh, and uh, George will be graduating from Carver. So keep them in your prayers that they will be able to finish strong. Amen. And the teachers will have grace. Amen. Amen. I'm tell this quick story. I remember my senior year. It, it could have gone either way. You no, 
know, it could have, you know, because you have to take the you have to take the the two grades and put them together, right? It could have gone either way. And I was sitting there on the couch at the house, and my um, uh, uh, algebra four teacher said, "Chester, your final grade is a what is about like a you know 68 something. It wasn't wasn't nowhere near 70." <laughs> You know, even if she would have rounded to the second decimal place, it wouldn't have been. But she said, now, she said, now, what she said? She said, now, you've, you've attempted everything that I gave you. You didn't give me a hard time in class, and you said, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. So come see me after school tomorrow, and I'm going to have you, you know, do something. Amen. Can't tell y'all what I had to do. Amen. But it was legal. I had, I had, I, couldn't, couldn't nobody go into jail off of it, amen. And she said, I'm, I'm going to make sure that you are in that number, amen. And, you know, because you know, I, I, I had an ace in the hole, Keisha. I had a, you know, I, I didn't know how that algebra four was going to turn out. But I, but I auditioned to be the commencement speaker. And Miss Hill, they had already made a commitment to me that I was going to be the commencement speaker. So, you know, I was good. <laughs> now, T-Buck can tell you, amen. <laughs> she came up to school one day, and I'm about to preach in a minute. She came up to school one day and said, you know, Adrian going to do the commencement speech. She said, Adrian who? <laughs> No, I always got an ace in the hole, Teddy. Amen. I said, now I'm going to go and audition for this commencement speech, so they're going to have to do something because they can't announce it. And then say he ain't graduating, you know. You know, amen. But there's a word for my God. Moral of the story is, just say yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. And, and don't give them a hard time. Don't be the class clown. Amen. But uh, they'll, they'll help you out if you, if you do right. Amen. There's a word from my God found in Matthew chapter 27. Lord, Desiree can attest how much of a handful I was in school. Amen. Uh, Matthew chapter 27, beginning with verse number 3. Matthew chapter 27, beginning with verse number 3. It reads from the King James Version of the Bible, and we'll read responsibly. Then Judas, which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priest and elders. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went out and hanged himself. And they took counsel and bought with them the potter's field to bury strangers in. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremiah 
the prophet, saying, And they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him that was valued, whom they of the children of Israel did value. Amen. For the time we share this morning, we want to continue in the series they met at Calvary and focus on the thought, the emphasis, too cheap to value, too expensive to buy. Too cheap to value and too expensive to buy. As you take a close study at the events and the people who were present, the personalities and even the spirit of people who were present at the crucifixion of Jesus, there are some people in whom we as good Christian folk would forsake or take for granted were present. Last week we discovered and, and, and taught on the chief priests, the priests and, and the Pharisees who had a hand in making sure that the church and the state, the Roman Empire and the Jewish religious leaders were all on one accord that, that they would crucify Jesus. We examined last week that in the marriage and in the union of the Pharisees, the Sadducees, that these were two groups of people who really didn't like each other. So really three groups of people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Roman government, they really didn't like each other. But they all were able to find a common, a common enemy that they can get into cahoots with to make sure that he was put to death. And not only did they make sure that he was put to death, but there was a group of them who showed up at the crucifixion of Jesus and mocked Jesus while he was on the cross. But there's another character who was not physically present at Calvary, but his spirit, his, his, his mindset, his attitude was the catalyst that caused Jesus to have to die a sinner's death. This man is the man in whom nobody with the, in their right mind would name their child after. This man is a man that you wouldn't even give your child this man's middle name or give his middle name to your child. But this man is by the name of Judas, one in whom the Bible tells us he is one in whom Jesus handpicked himself to be a part of his 12 disciples and when Jesus picked this man, Judas, he, he had plenty of other people by the name of, of Judas to pick from, but the Bible tells us he picks one Judas Iscariot, his last name, his, his surname, which in the time of Jesus, your, your name, your first name and your surname, they, they told a story about your reputation and your tendencies. That's why some people think that Jesus' last name is the Christ. Not his last name, it's his characteristic. 
that he is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is God in flesh. And in some part, just like with Judas, Judas comes from the hood of his country. There's so much of the hood that everybody in his family had one occupation. They were hustlers by trade. That unlike the other professional men, the fishermen and the tax collectors, the, the scribes and those others, Jesus picks one by the name of Judas Iscariot that tells us he comes from the hood of his town. And just like here in Columbus and in some other places, people who kind of come from the same hood, some of them have the same tendencies. Amen. Some of them, you know, in, in rare cases, there are some who don't partake in the neighborhood festivities. Amen. But Judas, by name, Iscariot, was for a particular people who lived in his day. That this particular, these particular people were the murderers and the assassins of ancient biblical times. So in all actuality, Judas's name was Judas, the murderer assassin. Y'all follow me? But with Jesus knowing all of this, he picked Judas anyway. Which sometimes we can get so holy and mighty that we think that Judas is in a class all by, our, by himself. But if we be real with ourselves, Jesus, God, through Jesus Christ, picks us even with what we are known by. Y'all don't hear me. Amen. That's, what, that's why I always tell people that, that everybody has at least two resumes. Amen. You, you have the resume that everybody in public knows you by. And then you have that resume that only folks from your hood know you by. Amen. And we can fool people, Brother Teddy, amen, with that first resume. But there is no fooling God because God knows everything about us. But yet he still chooses us. So you may not be an assassin or a murderer, but you just fill in the blank of what your last name is, amen. You... You fill in the blank of that thing that you know that you fall short in doing. You, you fill in the blank. So if we be real with ourselves, all of us have a little Judas in us. Amen. Amen. All of us have a little Iscariotness in us. And the text tells us this, this morning in Matthew chapter 27 that out of the 11, out of the 12, the Roman Empire and the chief priests, they found one in whom they could get to penetrate the inner circle. That I don't know why they picked Judas. Some would say they picked Judas because they knew he was tight with money. Because you know at the end of the day, Judas was the treasurer, amen, for the group. <laughs> Amen. He, 
he was the one who held the money bag. And I guess, I guess Jesus knew Judas could be trusted with the money bag because Jesus knew Judas had something under the cloak. Amen. It, amen. It, y'all, we tracking amen. But Jesus knew that if anything popped off and somebody tried to get the money, Judas would be the one to cut him. Amen. He, he would be the one to take him out. I don't know. But we have the benefit that Judas thought he was doing something that would benefit himself. But he comes to find out, as all of us sometimes do the hard way, that sometimes you can invest in stuff that's too cheap for value. Sometimes we can turn our backs on what we know is right and of, of righteousness because we think it means something. Text tells us that, that Judas is a part of the plot that allows Jesus to be turned over to Roman officials. And, and prior scriptures tell us that they, they conspired with Judas and offered him 30 pieces And if you do the research on it and just, you know, just use Google and say, how much would 30 pieces of silver be worth in our day and time? And 30 pieces of silver, depending upon, you know, there's some variations, is no less than $450 and no more than $600 in our day and time. Nothing. That our Judas gave over Jesus for $600. A car note in insurance. Amen. That for 30 pieces of silver, he neglected the three and a half years of friendship that he had formulated with Jesus. That Judas teaches us today that sometimes when you place your heart or you place your mind in stuff that's too cheap for value, that you can be in the right space with the right people, with the right atmosphere. But if your heart is still jacked up, you won't even benefit from the surrounding in which you are in. If somebody put it this way, this way, Judas had the world's best friend. He had the world's best pastor. He had the world's best teacher. But because his heart was still stuck on Iscariot, he could not accept what Jesus was trying to do for him and the world. Amen. That sometimes the problem isn't everybody else. Sometimes the problem may be you. <laughs> that you may have the wrong mindset. Because at the end of the day, when, I, when we talk about heart, we're talking about the mind. You know, because all this does is 
pump blood. We're talking about the place of intellect, the place of reasoning, the place of decision making. Sometimes it's not everybody else. Sometimes your mind is all jacked up. And if your mind is all jacked up, you are only going to see what you want to see when you want to see it. And here, God in heaven knows we're all guilty of it, and hear what you want to hear. So for $600, Judas's jacked up mind allows him to turn on Jesus. The text tells us something. That I don't, you know, I don't know what Judas thought was going to happen because he was with Jesus. He heard that people wanted him healed. He, he knew that if he turned, them, turned Jesus over to the Roman officials, they were going to kill him for uh, misconstrued charges. The text tells us that, that when Judas, in verse number 3, when Judas saw that Jesus was going to be, was condemned, the Bible tells us he repented himself, right? That, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't know what Judas thought was going to happen. You know, I, I guess he thought that Jesus was going to be able to get out of it. I don't know. But when he saw that this thing was real, the King James Version tells us he repented of himself which will, you know, kind of have some connotations, right? But in all actuality, it, the translation is that Judas never asked for forgiveness. He just felt bad about it. Y'all follow me? That there's a difference between repenting and asking for forgiveness and just feeling bad about what you've done. Y'all follow me? Amen. Which pushes us to know that true forgiveness doesn't take place until you repent and not just feel bad about it. Because once I just feel bad about it, I'll stop it for a little while. But when I repent of it, I say, Lord, I did it, I'm sorry, now help me not to do it no more. But too many of us are like Judas, we just feel bad. You know, you know when, I, when I talk to somebody some type of way, and then I think about it for a while, and then somebody tells me, well, Adrian, you were wrong, you know, I feel bad about it. But it's not until I've gone through the process of asking God for forgiveness and going to that person and asking for their forgiveness that I'll just feel bad about it. Amen. Because re re repenting is simply just saying sorry. And I was wrong. And you know, it, it takes a big person to say I'm sorry and I was wrong. And it takes so much of a big person that that you get, you sometimes get tired of doing it. And when you get tired of doing it, you stop doing it, eh? Or you ought to at least, eh? <laughs> you, know, you know, somebody said, well, it depends on what it is. Amen. It says Judas 
felt bad about him. You know, felt bad about him, thought about what he did. And the text tells us he went back to the place where the issue originated. He, he thought that by taking the money back, it will be over with. He thought that by giving the money back would reverse what has already occurred. Y'all follow me? He thought that if I just go and give them the money back, you know, this whole thing can be over with. But at this point, it's too late. The text tells us Jesus is still alive, right? Thinking that it can be reversed. But when he goes back to the place that caused, that helped him, because he caused himself to get in that situation, amen. That when he goes back to the place that helped him turn on Jesus, he gets an answer that he wasn't looking for. Judas goes and tells him, says, you know, hey, hey guys, I, you know, I, I hadn't spent none of the money y'all gave me. Here's all your money. I want to give it back so this whole thing can stop. And when he goes back to the chief priest, they tell Judas, hey, bruh, it's out of our hands now. That sin will always make you pay a price that you, don't, that you didn't think you were going to pay. And, it does, and sin does not come with a return policy. <laughs> Amen. That once it's done, it's done. But how you act after it's done through the power of the Holy Spirit determines what your outcome shall be. Amen. That here it is, they tell Judas, they, they Judas, you know, we would, you know, if we could, we would take it back from you. But when we took that money out of the church treasury, and this how this how this how low down it was. They didn't get the money up amongst themselves. They took money out the church's treasury to have an innocent man killed. Y'all follow me? And they tell Judas, says, hey, we can't put that back in there because that money was the blood. It says it right there. It says, uh, we can't take that money back because that's, verse number six, blood money. And here it is, they took a hit out on Jesus out of the church's treasure. And Judas thought he had something because 30 pieces of silver in the time of Judas was a whole month's paycheck. You know, I can, you know, what is Judas throwing on some shucks? You know, I ain't had to give up my day job to follow this man. You know, because I go do a hit on somebody and get paid after the job. And here it is, this man got us traveling all around hungry. We're tired. In sin, the evil one, the devil, will always catch you at your most vulnerable place. 
sin is too cheap now. And if you really think about that thing, once it happens, you'll be like, well, it's about nothing. They tell Judas that no, we can't have it back, man. We that's that's blood money. Judas tries to reconcile the issue of his sin. But the good news of this text, the good news of this text is not what the chief priest did with the money, because they said, well, since we can't can't put it back in the treasury. Let's go do something nice for the poor folks. Since we can't put it back in because, you know, once the everything's put together, it's, it's consecrated holy unto the Lord. They took what was holy unto the Lord and used it for an unholy purpose. So they say, okay, well, since we can't put it since we can't put it back in the treasury, let's just go and buy uh, a vacant land and use this land to bury people who uh, are traveling through and just may not have any relative that will be able to give them a proper burial. Y'all hear me? Y'all follow me? That they realize that they have sinned and try to cover up their sin with charity. Y'all follow me? Try to cover up their sin with charity. And, and you, you know how you know how we do. You know that when we do something bad over here, we try to do something good over here. <laughs> Am I the only one? You know. <laughs> we try to do something good over here trying to overcompensate. For what we know we have no business doing in the first place. And they took a measly $600 to do charity work. But what they did not know is that what was too cheap for them to value, it was they bought something. They, they started the course on something that is too expensive for you and I to try to buy. And what they did for evil, God turned that $600 around and gave us the free gift of salvation that on our best day, it would be too expensive for you and I to buy. <laughs> that if salvation was limited for those who had means that the old preacher would say that means the rich would live and the poor would die. So although it was a messed up situation we find ourselves at Calvary when we place value on stuff and spend time because it is value is not always monetary. But value is sometimes and most times established by your priority list. That every time we spend time on stuff that really doesn't amount to a hill of beans and will sometimes cause the downfall of others, 
you better watch out. <laughs> because God will take what you are doing, spending time on, turn that thing around, and make you have a guilty conscience for the rest of your life, just like Judas. That, that he was so messed up that he killed himself. Acts chapter 1 tells us, and you know, that's where we get this misconstrued theology about suicide. You've got to come to Bible study for us to talk about that. Amen. But anytime we place value on stuff that really doesn't matter, that's stuff, that's people, that's places, that's thoughts, that's actions on stuff that really doesn't matter. We put ourselves in the place of Jesus. That anytime we prioritize anything over God for a temporary satisfaction, we put ourselves in the place of Judas. And I guarantee you, once you total that thing up, and look at it. You'll say, now why did I spend all that time on that? Why did I spend? That's what, that's what Lent is all about. Lent is not about giving up chocolate for 40 days. Lent is not, you know, that's a part of it. But the whole meaning of this season leading up to Easter is for us to do some reprioritize. And evaluate what stuff am I spending too much time on that's not adding value to what God will have me to be and do. And I'll tell you what mine is. You ready for it? It's my cell phone. But I can't get that up for Lynch. <laughs> you know, I'm struggling with that thing, you know. Because, you know, I, I think I'm going to miss out on something. Am I the only one? It may not be your cell phone, hey, man. I you know, I think I'm going to miss out on something on Facebook, Twitter, and let's not even talk about Snapchat, hey, amen. That Lent is about putting ourselves in the place of Judas and looking at the stuff in which we put value on. But it's cheap. $600. Judas turned his back on his friends. $600, whatever yours is, it may not be money, it may be something else. But what Judas couldn't fail to realize that he was all a part of God's plan for our salvation. And sometimes betrayal is necessary. Sometimes people in your life, it's necessary for you to see their true colors. Because when you see their true colors, you know how to act accordingly. Because Judas was a murderer and an assassin. He, you know, he didn't care about nobody from the beginning. But Judas allowed even his inconsistency to be the way in which God would save Judas. Because of what Jesus, Judas did, 
we now have the right to eternal life. Because Judas betrayed him. He was crucified. He was buried. But we walk in the newness of life, not because of the betrayal and the crucifixion and the burial, but we walk in the newness of life because he got up. And because he got up, even if you are in your Judas moment of life, you can get up with him today. No matter how scarlet your sins may be, he says, come. Because he got up. If there be anyone today, the invitation is extended. For you to walk in the newness of life. And maybe you're not looking for a church home, but you just need to, you need the Lord to help you reprioritize some stuff in your life. That you place a value on stuff that really doesn't even mean anything. That doesn't mean anything. He says, I can give you something that money cannot buy. You may already have salvation, but you need renewed peace. I said, money can buy you a bed, but it can't buy you sleep. That money can buy you a house, but it can't make it a home. Amen. That Money can buy you a whole lot of stuff, but only Jesus and his salvation, his peace that comes with knowing Jesus can give you everything that you need to live out the rest of this life. And so you need to give up that thing that's too cheap to value and pick up something that's too expensive that you couldn't even buy on your best day. The invitation is extended. Though the storms keep on raging in my life And sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day Pick this up Feel the hope that lies within is reassured as I keep my eyes upon the distant shore, I know he'll lead me safely to that blessed place he has prepared. When you have peace, but if the songs don't see. And if the winds keep on blowing in my life, my soul has been anchored. This is what money came by. Though the songs keep on raging in my life when your life is prioritized and sometimes it's hard to tell the night from day still that hope that lies within is reassured 
As I keep my eyes upon the dead, me safely to that blessed place he has prepared. But if the stars don't see, brother for prayer. Anchor. It's time for prayer. Let us surround our brother. Oh. Oh. Hey. I realize sometimes in this life you're going to be tossed by the waves and the currents that seems so fierce when your life is in order in the world of God ah, I've got an anchor and it keeps me steadfast unmovable God, even if we don't know what to say, God, we asking that you search us over, God. Understand our moans, understand our cries, understand our tears, understand our concerns, God. So, God, today we come today joining with this brother, God. Just as he needs you, God, we need you too, God. Oh, we hold in hands, God, asking for something from you today, God. Oh, God, touch us, God, in an area that nobody understands and nobody can touch, God. Oh, God, renew our mind, God, when we can't even get any sleep, God, because we're just thinking on the things of today, God. So we actually renew our mind today, God, for tomorrow, God. Oh, God, touch our hearts, God. Oh, for some of us, God, creating us a clean heart, God. Because, God, we know that the heart we have, God, oh, we harboring hate, God. We harboring resentment, God. We harboring a lot of issues. But, God, we know that you are capable to fix us, God. So, God, we listen to this man today, God. We pray that you meet his need, God. Oh, God, you know everything that he need, God. So, God, we asking you to regulate his mind, God. He need a mind regulator, God. Oh, God, please, please let his no be no, God. And let his yes be yes, God. Oh, God, let him know that you're here with him, God. Oh, God, that everything behind him from yesterday does not matter, God, if he accept you today, God. So we touching and agreeing today that, God, he's going to walk new in you, God. Everything that was holding him down, God, he will be lifted up today, God. In your name, Jesus. Oh, God, we thank you for the Judas spirit, God. Oh, God, we thank you that even if we have that spirit, God, you can help turn us around, God. We thank you for standing up for us when we sat down on you, God. 
And we'll continue to give all the glory, the honor, God. We lift up all our sick and shut in to you today, God. We continue to pray as a church, God. We agree as a church, God. And we'll follow you, God. We'll continue to lift up our pastor, God, as he here does say the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. My soul's been anchored. My soul's been anchored. Billows may roll, though breakers may dash. I shall not sway because he holds me fast. So dark the day, the clouds in the sky. I know it's all right because my Jesus is now. I said, ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he, ain't he, ain't he, ain't he, ain't he all right? My Amen. Let's thank God for our brother who has come, and we now stand with him, stand with him in faith and belief. Remember, uh, uh, this week, Bible study, uh, Wednesday night and Thursday, if you can't make one, uh, make the other. Children activities will resume uh, this upcoming Wednesday uh, as, as we offer tutoring and a Bible study lesson uh, for our children and a snack uh, as they are here and the parents are studying so be in prayer for those, and uh, I know I'll say it again next week, but I just want to uh, say thank you all to each of you uh, for what you've done for this church and uh, done for me uh, over the last four years. I believe this Friday will be uh, April the 5th. Is that right? That's right, April the 5th. So April the 5th, four years ago, amen. Uh, uh, Reverend Hill. Reverend Hill's already gone four years ago. Uh, I was, what, 24, and I had just preached on Easter Sunday morning, and uh, Reverend Hill stood up and, you know, made a few remarks and was just like, you know, hey, you know, I'm not the pastor no more. Adrian's the new pastor, right? And, you know, that was the most hellacious week of my life. <laughs> you know, you know oh, that was hell. That was hell. Uh, it was rough. Uh, but God has given us, I'm talking about after he did that, right? You know, it was meetings and phone calls, more meetings and phone calls. And, you know, you know, folks just coming out the woodworks. Amen. Yeah, so it was, it was, it was, but it's been good. Amen. We've had a blessed four years. And uh, as I shared uh, this morning, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't plan on going anywhere. My desire is to uh, stay here and retire here at Greater Bellwood. So I just want to say thank you all for what you've done for me over these past four years and how you make the sacrifice that I'm able to do and live a comfortable life. Amen. Uh, and through your sacrifices, through the salary uh, that is provided for me, and then your gifts and what you give unto me just randomly. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, how you all have allowed me to not only serve here, but go to school, be in the community, go to conventions, and Lord in heaven knows, I don't know how I uh, went through the MSP process of Omega Sci-Fi, but <laughs> that was hell, amen. But y'all allowed, you all have allowed me to do all of that, and so I'm, I'm just grateful uh, for what you have done for me. From the bottom of my heart, thank you, thank you, thank you. So let us get ready to go and um, go from this place. Everybody say yeah. Amen. Amen. 